Hello. Welcome to Intentional Sounding. I'm your host, Drawplay Dave Rapocio. And if you are a longtime listener, you know what's fucking coming. Before we get started, I would like to introduce my co-host, who is with me as always, Sam, probably smarter than Ben McAdoo Gresses. That's that's not very high praise. I'll take it, but it's not very high praise. So let's open this with a bit of a story. So on Tuesday, this news broke. You know what news I'm talking about. You know damn well what news I'm talking about. I went home, and after work, after being all mad at work, I was not very productive after the news broke, came home. I always come home to get some work done, change into my lounging clothes. (laughs) I was going to ask if they gave you a mental health day. (laughs) No, but I was lucky I got to go home early because I went in early. Uh Uh-huh. So it was a situation where I definitely left before things could get bad. Sure. But anyway, I come home. And I change into my lazy person clothes, like my working clothes, my I'm not doing anything, I don't have to look good clothes, you know, sweatshirts, sweatpants, that kind of shit. I pretty much always come home, throw on sweatpants and a hoodie, and then I just sit at my computer and work. I went into my closet, and I pulled out my giant hoodie, one of my many giant hoodies, probably my favorite one. It's big, it's oversized, it's blue, it's got a cool design. I held it, I looked at it. And I put it back. Oh, no, man. For the first time in that I can ever remember, I felt embarrassed to root for this team. I will wear giant shit no matter what happens. We can lose an embarrassing fat. The day we lost to the Rams earlier this season by, like, 40 points when they dunked a 50-burger on us and we looked absolutely atrocious. I walked around, like the rest of that day with a Giants hoodie on, I didn't give a shit. I have so many Giants hats, hoodies, and jackets. I just walk around with the stuff anytime. I don't care how bad the team is doing. I don't care how bad. I've never been embarrassed to support the team or wear the stuff until yesterday. Because a loss doesn't really, like... This is different. This is very different from a loss. This was... I don't know if I've ever lost so much faith in an organization in such a short period of time. Mm -hmm. It's like every rationalization I've ever made as a Homer fan of the team just like went straight out the window. You can't, you can't do it with something like this. There's no real rationalization for it. You fucked up giants. Yeah. You fucked up so hard. Real bad. This is, I have never been actively embarrassed to root for the team until now. Yeah, well, it's, I, it's 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 a difference between being embarrassed to root for the team and being embarrassed by the team, right? Yeah, there's a there's a very fine line there that I feel like the Giants just dropped trow and took a big old dookie right right on there. I almost wore a, one of my Giants jackets to work today. You know, in the rain, I have like a nice rain slicker kind of thing, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to do it because I didn't want anyone to see me wearing it. Because I didn't feel like having people talk to me about it. Because they would. You didn't want to have those they discussions. They would. I've, I could wear giant stuff into enemy territory and just ignore people. I've gotten plenty of comments on the street of just, like, jeers and everything. Just shit. You just ignore them. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. This is the first time I've ever actually wanted to avoid those people because I actually was embarrassed. God damn it. 
how do you fuck up this bet? This is the nightmare scenario come real. This is the nightmare season in every form that could possibly happen, really. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. The injuries, the level of dysfunction. Um, the, the injuries, the, yeah, the, the way they dealt with the disrespect, injuries, too. Disrespect. Yep. Just utter, just, it's a complete and utter mess. And the entire team, the entire, like, organization, not the players, the entire organization, the staff, the coach, the GM, and especially the owner, deserves yeah. a giant middle finger. Two middle fingers from every single Giants fan on the planet. Fuck you, you goddamn assholes. How do you do Eli like this? So that's, that's, well, that's the other thing is speaking from an outsider perspective, right? I, I don't necessarily like, I don't disagree with the, with the decision to bench Eli like in in uh in a very abstract sense you know what i mean like yes. I, I don't i don't disagree with the with the uh push to like let's see what we got in our new blood you know eli isn't playing well let's let's trot someone else out on the field it's it's, it's a question of how they did it and when they did it right i don't think you would have this kind of backlash if I, I, well, I want to ask you this question because this is something I was thinking about. Imagine this happens after, like, right after the Odell Beckham injury, right? I I would be less upset. I so that right. I think that that's that's the thing. Is it, I think there's there's a few aspects to this situation that make it kind of unique mm-hmm. because I do agree with you from like a football just general business sense. Benching a guy who's not having a great year to see what you've got for the future sounds reasonable. There's there's just a few things about this that make it different. It's a, ti- One, it's a timing thing, yeah. right? It's like, a timing. It's not just that. It's, it's how they did it. It's who. Yeah. yeah. It's really who. Yeah. There's, there's a whole bunch of reasons why this is complete fucking bullshit. I'll start with number one, and it's the streak, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, the streak. Uh, if Eli had been missed, a f- has missed a few games already due to injury. If he did not have this long streak going, I don't think the uproar would be all would be quite this bad. There'd the still be. I think there still would be the second highest like Iron Man streak by a quarterback. I think in NFL history is ending like this uh-huh. is is horseshit it's very ignominious right especially when you when you realize like brett Favre's streak is never gonna be broken it's never gonna be broken but eli deserved to play it out yeah exactly yeah i agree i agree with that two is just the fact that it's it's a player who's given so much he is a franchise tentpole Mm -hmm. and the team is they're not gonna do anything this isn't giving the Giants a better chance to win and no. winning is irrelevant at this point because we were eliminated from the playoffs this past week. Yeah. So it at this point he's given you 13 straight years of get 210 straight games of amazing, frustrating, just <laughs> loyal football. Of those he faces has, Manning face. He has earned the right face. to go out 
the way he wants. And I've been, or at least to more end, or less, the, to end, at least to end yeah. the streak, the way that to he to end wants. the streak he wants, right? Which, in in a way, he's kind of doing, but he's still not really doing. I was gonna say before we'll get, we'll get to that before we we'll get, get well that. actually on the you know oh you know they broke Eli's streak because they did give him the choice. They gave him the choice. But it was a bullshit choice. It, yes, I it agree. was a I bullshit agree 100% choice. With that. It never should have happened. He has earned like this. This is a lost season, and he deserved the right to end it on his terms. He deserved the right to even if he played like shit for the last five yeah, games, really. we would have been okay with it because he he's earned it. Mm-hmm. He's earned the right to end like this. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. has absolutely earned it, and the fact that his fate is being decided by some fucknut coach who hasn't even been there for two seasons. And like a bunch of like an incompetent owner and an incompetent GM who are completely just stupid. Yeah. Like it. It. He deserve. He's earned the right to go out better than this. And when the when the fact is, this is the most support around the league I've ever seen Eli get. Yeah, that's true. I've been a Giants fan and an Eli apologist. For a very long time. I love Eli. He's my favorite player. He got me so much more into football than I was beforehand. I unabashed Eli Homer. It's not going to be the same without him. I've constantly had to defend him because he's complicated. He's never been a top Superman. He's never been a Tom Brady. He's never been an Aaron Rodgers. He's always been flawed and it's always made him very polarizing because the people a lot of people just think all of his success is a fluke and then there's people who will always defend him unconditionally as if the things he has been bad at don't exist or don't matter right right like yes he hasn't had a really good passer rating over the course of his career. He has led the interception, the, the league in interceptions three times. He's also won the Super Bowl two times, and like he also beats the Patriots every he's, time. Like he's very relatable in that sense, and I think that's what has made him so endearing to the fan base. And that he's flawed, and he does it. He's not just some freaking golden god, Superman goat. He's, he's, he's a little bit more like us schlubs. Yeah. He's the best of us. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. I also think that there's, there, there's a very telling thing on sports Twitter, right? Where if, if you look at like backlash and stuff, and then there's always going to be a backlash to the backlash, right? And in this case it, it came, and I don't think this is an unfair assessment. Um, it came in the form of like, uh, you you guys are idolizing Eli Manning, right? And and just, like imagine imagine if this were like if it were Cam Newton's streak or some something else. And like that's a fair point, and I personally agree with that. I think that I think that there's some idolization here that doesn't need to happen. But in most of the arguments, at least that I saw online, like Bamani Jones had had a good uh, Twitter thread on it. Uh, Everyone still, regardless of like they're like they're claiming there's like this false equivalence and like double standard among NFL quarterbacks, which I mean 
there is right <laughs> there is that false equivalence where they always end or at least they always mention at least in the ones that i saw that like they did eli incredibly wrong like they were saying that this double standard exists sure but at the same time eli got fucking hung out to dry and that's not right that's the thing. People who hate Eli think he's overrated, yeah. think he's garbage. Yeah. Even those people are chiming in and saying he deserved better than this. Because because it's not really a good or bad quarterback thing. It's, it's like not a, per, really it's a about person skill. thing, right? It, yeah, it's him as a person. It's what he's given to the organization. It's what he's meant to the fans. He deserves better than this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's earned the right to be treated better than this i i just like i think and i want to get back to uh i want to get back to the whole thing where the giants were like you can choose to start if you want to you know if you want to keep the streak alive the thing that makes me mad about that right is it reminds me of conversations that it reminds me of the conversation they fucking have in i love you man right where there's this pivotal scene in I Love You, Man, where, uh, where, fucking, I can't remember the, the, the character's name, but the, uh, the lead actor. It's Paul Rudd and Jason Yeah, yeah it's Who where cares Paul, what their names were? Paul, Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd is, uh, is talking to his fiance and he's like, why are we even getting married? And he doesn't realize in the moment how much of a fucking stupid, dumbass, and insane thing that is to say to someone you are about to marry in a week, right? And he yeah. immediately backpedals and tries to like put the put that fucking cat back in the bag, you know, which he, he can't do. So like, you know, that's the whole like drama of the rest of the movie is like them figuring out why they were in love, blah, 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 blah. But this stinks to me of someone d- doing something that like they didn't think was gonna be a big deal because they didn't think it through or they were just dumb they didn't know and then they were like i'm gonna make it better by saying like okay yeah no no we're gonna like geno smith is our guy next week but but hey eli you know you can start if you want to keep the streak it just see it fucking seems like table crumbs right it's like we don't have faith in you but we listen if you want to continue this meaningless thing that we are now kind of making meaningless because we're cheapening it by saying like we're gonna pull you after the first play or the first series it's so disingenuous and so like fucking sniveling bullshit pandering it is such bullshit it it was basically done because i feel like if they some on some level knew if they didn't do that they'd be crucified even more than they currently are being it's un goddamn believable just how bad they fucked this up and i think eli's response to him giving them that option yeah. says so much about his character yeah. even if you think he's a bad player like if you read his response to that that he didn't want to go out there if if he's going to be pulled like what's the point of going out there it cheapens the streak if you're only going out there to keep the streak alive really yeah and he, and like he right. wa- Eli wants to compete Eli wants to go out there and try to win the game Eli wants to be 
the most professional about it. And when he didn't, they wouldn't give him the chance to actually, you know, play it out. He decided to sit back and let and mentor the other quarterbacks. Like that is high class yeah, dude. That's that's I mean, that's what you want out of like a leader on your team. I will say I, I want I want to live in the timeline where Eli was like, yeah, give me one series. And then he completely fucking lights it up. Right. It's like a perfect series and the Giants like fucking win their last few games by a score by like a combined fucking 500 points. And it's amazing. But that's not the world we live in, unfortunately. It's 100 percent. I it's it's just unbelievable how they did him. Yeah, he so I think we can sort of like respond to some of like the ideas. Let's go back to like how. You, you want to play, you want to stop, you want to, like, bench Eli so you can, like, the idea of benching Eli so you can see what you have behind him, which, uh-huh. in theory, again, uh-huh. removing, removing like, the streak, removing Eli's history with the team, pretending Eli doesn't matter, like, what, like, what is, like, that defense there? Like, that is kind of horseshit for a couple other reasons. One, presumably... McAdoo and Reese are going to be fired, right? Right. Yep. So that's what the does big the thing. future fucking matter to them? Really? Why? Why do they need to see what they? Why does Ben McAdoo need to see what Geno Smith has? Ben McAdoo's not gonna fucking be Re- here, regardless of your opinions. And I've said this on the podcast before. I still like. I, I still think Geno Smith hasn't had a shot. Uh, hasn't had a real like shot. This isn't his shot. Ben McAdoo doesn't need to fucking. I, the, oh my god! If well, the the cynical way of looking at this is it's for trade bait. It's an owner gambit for like if Geno Smith turns out to be like any good, trade him off to a team that needs a quarterback and get someone else for him. Like, like show okay, him so off. I'm a lot of people are coming up with just like, well, if you're gonna bench Eli, okay, but why wouldn't you bench him? For Davis Webb, we know who Geno Smith is. I disagree with that. Yeah. The same reason you do. I I think there is still something worth looking at with Geno. Yeah. He sucked in in the Jets. Oh yeah, he did. I'm not but, gonna. Like <laughs> not he gonna... sucked, but he was stuck in a situation that may arguably be slightly worse than the one the Giants are currently yeah. in somehow. That was a historically like, he, bad offense. He had no one to throw to. He did not have any support around him and by the time the Jets kind of built an offense he was hurt and Fitzpatrick took over and had some success so he, mm-hmm. so Gino he's simultaneously like a known quantity and an unknown quantity he's only 27 yeah I think there's still something worth looking at there so I have no real issue with them starting Gino instead of Davis Webb I I think the issue is if you wanted to really see these two players, we should have seen them in the season already. Yeah. Yes. There were several games where the game was far out of reach and they should have just pulled Eli to keep him healthy or, or whatever. Or, like or to like give them the chance to win the game even. Like honestly, that's this is this is the crazy thing for me, is that this is the first time we have heard any smattering, like any kind of buzz about 
you know, are they going to put Geno Smith in, or are they going to put Davis Webb in? There was never any kind of, there was never any chance that they were going to bench Eli during the game for bad performance. No. Which, which seems to me, if you're trying to like, if you're trying to win or you're trying to like compete, you, you see your guy out there struggling, like, yeah, keep him healthy. The season's lost. Like, put in Gino for, like, I don't know, fourth quarter or even, like, part of the third if Eli's struggling. And, yeah, do it that way. Again, yeah. if you do it that way, I don't think people are mad at you. No. And you're still getting to see what you might have behind him. Uh-huh. So I do not envy Gino right now because right no. now oh my god I don't, he's in an impossible situation he's he's in a situation that he's doomed to fail in the Giants' offense is a mess he has no wide receivers to throw to the O line has gotten better but, but it's, it's still, still not bad. great the running game has gotten better but mm-hmm. it's still not great but again th- he's theoretically putting put in there to evaluate his quarterbacking skills yeah. so the running back <laughs> the running game doesn't really matter here it's but he's not going to succeed. He's also because... like you, you, you skipped over a very Ugh. important thing, which is that the fans aren't going to be supporting him either. No, which fucking how sucks. Do, how do like that's not fair. Right that's now. not his fault. He's been put into the starting lineup and literally nobody wants no him there. Wants and him not there. really because he's Gino. I mean, some people don't want him there because he's Gino and they obviously just think he sucks, which is mentally painful enough. Yeah. But, that, like, nobody wants him out there, oh not even necessarily because he's him, but because of what happened to the guy in front of him. My, like, like, my, like chest is getting tight now thinking of, like, his reception. Up. Like, what are the fans going to do when he comes out on the field? It's going to be a chorus of boos and... Gino doesn't deserve what's no, happening to him right now. He doesn't. He doesn't. Save Gino, please. Like, Even if he is, like trash at quarterback really? and uh, is all the time like he doesn't deserve what's happening this like emotionally or mentally like come on like eli definitely got thrown under the bus more than gino did but like while eli was getting thrown under the bus like eli clipped gino and gino got stuck in the wheel well is what happened like <laughs> while, while we do this can we can we like start a grassroots little campaign here if you have a second like Tweet some encouraging words of support at Geno Smith, please. One one good thing that is coming out of this entire mess, which is almost not a good thing, uh-huh. is that this is going to be the first time the Giants have ever started a black quarterback, and they're the last team to ever yeah, start that's a true. black quarterback. We, we, which, yeah. Some people are like, well, that's, that's terrible. At the same time, like, the last guy played 210 straight games. Mm-hmm. Like, like... Mm-hmm come on like give him a little bit of slack on that and it is good to finally have that small minor historical milestone like yeah that's that's like the one kernel of like cubic zirconia Uh in a pile of shit (laughs) not even a diamond yeah yeah, it's not even diamond it's not even like a ruby or or like an emerald or like one of the lower rate gemstones like who gives a fuck about like opal yeah like what's an oh like cubic zirconia it's it's kind of shiny and it could pass for anything that's like that's what it is your eyes yeah for sure for sure i'm no i'm i'm with you i'm totally but so because the offense is such a mess because the play calling is abysmal because the receivers are all dead what are the Giants really going to learn here? 
they're not like unless Gino or Webb comes out and plays lights out out of nowhere, what are they really going to learn? This is not a situation where you're really going to see anything but how they handle uh being a quarterback on a really shit team. I, I also think that even if they do go in and like ball out, what what do we learn? We've seen Geno Smith ball out. Like not in the NFL, but like we've seen his highlight real from and he's from had his some days good in games college. in the nfl too yeah, like he hasn't true. been yeah. nothing but a dump he's had some no. games where he actually looked like what they wanted when they drafted him. it's 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 just like it's what's the point you know especially when even before this decision mackity was probably almost definitely on his way out right i yeah. i mean this so i mean here's here's the fucking million dollar question for you uh on, on a spectrum of cleaning house to burning the fucking house down and building a new house, you know, two blocks over, who gets fired, right? Uh, right now. Because McAdoo, I mean, for sure, right? That's I don't be see how McAdoo survives. And when this news came out, I think everyone's gut reaction was immediately fuck McAdoo. The more I read, the more I see how the upper management yeah. is reacting. It's not all on him. The more I almost feel like McAdoo's falling on the sword and being a good boy. Yeah. I Because yeah. I, yeah. I don't I don't know if, even if the Giants wanted to keep McAdoo around, I don't see how they possibly could at this point. Right. The level of toxicity that fans have expressed at him, mm-hmm. I don't think mm-hmm. is salvageable. I think if they decide to keep him around, this fan base is going to fucking revolt. Yeah. Yeah. We all want McAdoo gone. Every, he's McAdoo probably has to be gone. But the more I read, the more I feel like Reese uh-huh. is safe when he shouldn't should be. be. And the more fucking asshole idiotic john mara is i th- that is exactly I, how i what feel i think is going to happen what i think is going to happen which i think might be the worst case scenario here is mcadoo gets fired but just like when they fired tom coughlin and kept everyone else on yeah they're just gonna promote spags Oh jeez, I don't want to see and that again, it's man. It's gonna be need... and Reese is gonna keep his job, <sighs> and every that's what's gonna fucking happen because the Giants have always been a little too afraid to make really big, drastic moves. Yeah, oh, it's, man, that I, that's depressing, I feel like dude. that the way this season has gone, that's exactly what's gonna happen. Well, we'll be rid of McAdoo. There's no way he survives this mess, but. Reese, that's not, that's who a should also one hundred percent be gone, yeah. is going to stay. Spags, who sucks, uh, he's going to be the interim coach, and he's probably going to suck next year. And then the Giants will still be a mess, and it'll just stay a mess because it's all just a fucking mess. Uh, it's all a goddamn fucking mess. little, uh, little, little uh, prediction for you. Uh, if if you want to really feel sad about things, uh, we got another right uh, coaching fucking debacle uh, down in uh, Tennessee. So uh, we know we know Greg Schiano is is looking for a job. Maybe maybe they go that route. 
they won't. I, I fucking hope they I mean, won't. I'm just, I, this is just, this is just I me being like, that is, that I is, don't the, know. that is darkest like, Greg Schiano, the way Tennessee, and I'm proud of you, Tennessee. Yeah, I'm glad you did what you revolting did. Revolting yeah. the way you did yeah. on the Schiano news makes me think that Schiano's going to be a little bit untouchable Good. for the foreseeable future as a head coach candidate. As he should He'll be. probably get picked up somewhere as a coordinator on a quiet team. But as a head coach candidate, I think this incident with Greg Schiano in Tennessee has made him uh, poop that you don't want to touch. I mean, don't touch the poop. Well, public poop. We all knew he was poop. You didn't want yeah, to touch, right? Greg but Schiano now, is very much poop. Now it's, now it's known, which is, which is good. I want to loop back around to, to Ben McAdoo for a second, because I, I, I honestly think possibly not for his career, but for him, being fired is the best thing that could happen to him. Absolutely, he was not ready for this. Job. He was not ready. He was not ready for a coaching job for a, any head coaching job. I like before we started this podcast. I looked into like his background. He's a fucking kinesiologist. He's got a master's in kinesi fuckingology from Michigan State University, and kind of stumbled his way up the ranks from just like helping people out on the training staff in college football. I didn't know that. I didn't know that was the way that like he got into I coaching. didn't either. Yeah, no. He um he was an assistant high school coach uh and and like for for high schools and then uh just kind of was assistant coaching a lot of other places. And then when he was studying kinesiology, uh probably cuz he had some some football chops. He was a graduate assistant, so like he was a, a TA, right, for the for Sparty, for the Spartans, um, while he was pursuing his his masters, um, and then so so that's when things kind of switched a little bit. So he got a graduate assistant job on special teams and offense, which kind of became his full time gig, and then he popped around uh, the the college uh, circuit a little bit and he this is so this is this is kind of the messed up thing is then he jumps up uh, to a position that I didn't even know existed uh, from from uh, Pitt right he was a graduate assistant at Pitt yeah and then he was offensive quality control coach for the New Orleans Saints in 2004 uh then he kind of bounced around he, he bounced around a lot doing these like fucking assistant jobs and then he like got like he was this journeyman assistant coach and then he got a job with the packers in 2010 and then he was like hot shit because he was part of that coaching staff right yeah he was he was the quarterback coach to aaron Rodgers. yeah yep which is like um okay this dude like you totally deserve all the credit for aaron Rodgers being good i don't think he would argue with you on that uh dave i i think this is a like a clear case of this dude who was like good at his assistant coaching job right and and maybe never really wanted to to do that with his life but started doing it was like yeah i could do this I could, I've got a master's in kinesiology, but let me... I could probably make more money as a head coach than I can as a kinesiologist. Right, right. 
and and at the same time, it's like I feel like he found himself on that Super Bowl winning team with a quarterback who doesn't need to be coached, and found himself like he must have just taken stock and been like, oh fuck, oh fuck, I'm gonna get hired for a position where I actually have to like do shit, and he didn't for a bit. He didn't for a bit. Like he was able to fly under the radar a little bit when he was the OC, right, of of the Giants, but but oof. oof. I, like it's it it is a classic case of like you are you are an understudy, right? You get you get an understudy gig for fucking Hamlet and you don't learn all the lines or any of the lines, and then one day you get that call like, hey To be or oh, who gives a shit. To be shit. or not to be, I know that part, right? Uh, shit, what's next? Uh, do I... What's Hamlet about? Is it about, like, a pig? Is it about a pig? Because it's Ham? Is it about who a knows? small pig? Is it about a small town? Who, what is Hamlet? Oh, like, oh, there's a guy who's questioning existence. That's all I pretty much know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's Ben McAdoo. And I think that for, for him personally, either going back to, like, an assistant coaching gig at the college level or like using his masters in kinesiology in any way shape or form might be a better and like less stressful (laughs) career choice for him he'll sure as hell he'll be better at it than what he's doing now he was he's in he was in so much over his head there was was a lot of warning signs to that last year that we all kind of ignored because the Giants were winning. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, that's what winning does. Winning masks oh, yeah. problems. But he's had a history of throwing Eli under a bus. He's he's made comments in press conferences that Eli has to play better. And these are, like, situations where the play calling was atrocious, but he was still blaming Eli. And when we were winning, it was kind of like, all right, he's holding Eli accountable the same as any other play, the same as any other coach, like should, like, like that's a good thing. Now, it seems a lot different, and maybe he was always just trying to deflect blame, mm-hmm. which is exactly what he was doing. He was always deflecting blame. He's he's never blamed himself. He's he's poop. Ben Mac poop. Ben Mac a doo sh- But I want to I want to bring this around because we've talked. We'll, we'll get into some more Ben McAdoo if we have some yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. But I want to bring this to John Mara and the Giants organization as a whole. Because one thing this mm-hmm. entire thing has completely and utterly shattered, probably forever, at least for the immediate future, is the idea of the Giants as the class organization, the class <sighs> of the NFL. Yeah. This classy... No. It's done. You've you've said that on the podcast before, and I... That's how the Giants have always sort of presented themselves. Yeah. As the old money, as the classic, this is how an organization should be run. And you know what? Under Wellington Mara, that was 100% accurate. Under John Mara, (laughs) it has become increasingly clear that John Mara is a silver spoon in his mouth (laughs) fuck nut. That's also... And is a butt munch dickweed that's also i will say uh, you know not to not to put too fine a point on it but 
that is being a class organization is something that's a lot easier to claim when you're in the NFC East. <laughs> it just it just is. And when you're an old franchise. Yeah, that's true. No, that's, the Giants that's super true. are one of the original teams, yeah. so they've had a long history and they had like the family-owned kind of deal. Uh-huh. Like there there was there was sort of class. It's been completely and utterly ruined and seeing what's happening now it shines previous issues in even more light like well we could start probably at the first hint that john mara was a butt munch and that would probably be the collusion thing oh, that happened yeah, right, right, right. during the un during the unkept year so they they all got together they all colluded with the gentleman's agreement that in the uncapped year none of the teams would you would pretend would act basically with the freedom that they had be the uncapped year. They all kind of did a gentleman's agreement that no, we wouldn't give insane contracts because there'll be no penalty because it's uncapped year. Yada, yada, yada. Four or three or four teams did something. The Raiders, the Redskins, the Cowboys. And I I feel like there was someone else in there. Mm -hmm. I can't remember. John Mara was the leader of like, the ownership council, which is like a smaller group of leaders inside the owners. And he basically went out of his way to punish the Cowboys and the Redskins for breaking that gentleman's agreement, which they did. And at the time I was like, well, that's kind of messed up. But like at the same time, I was also like, I mean, John Mayer is the face of that committee, but all the owners voted for that. And I always got kind of a laugh at Cowboys fans and Redskins fans being super mad at Mara, being like, oh, he's he's evil piece of shit. But um, I always knew that if the teams that were being punished were, I don't know, different teams like the Jaguars or like the Vikings, that Jerry Jones and Dan Sider totally would have been pushing for the punishments too. So I always I'm just like, all right, fine. You could you could probably hate Mara for that, but you're like, let's be real, Jerry Jones would be the same piece of shit. Which is exactly what Jerry Jones has proven with this most recent like deflate gay Zeke thing, but that's 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 another discussion and I feel like we've already had that yes. discussion. Yes. But that was the first inkling that maybe John Mara is a dick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Second one was when Tom Coughlin was forced out. Yeah. When that happened, yeah. I think generally we were all I was I was okay with us moving on from Tom Coughlin. You said that on he, the podcast. I remember. I was I was okay with it because I he did not have a very good coaching year that year. He was he he had a dipshit roster to deal with, which again is Jerry Reese's fault. But it like he had a really bad year in terms of clock management like challenges and timeouts. He was very, he was making uncharacteristic Coughlin coaching mistakes. And it felt like maybe it was time to move on. The issue I had at the time was that we didn't move on from, like, it seemed like we only, we pushed all the blame on the Coughlin. Everyone else kept their job except Coughlin. Whereas like, if you're going to let, this guy go this guy who has given so much to the franchise you're gonna let him go you gotta you gotta drag some of the other crap out with it we're, we're, you gotta like drag jerry reese out so with familiar. it you gotta let 
a lot of that staff with it. You got to do that. And at the time, I was, I didn't like that we were only letting go of Tom Coughlin because that was at a point I was like, well, at that point, either clean house or, or keep yeah, it. or don't bother at all. Yeah, or don't bother. Give him one more year. Don't just eliminate Tom Coughlin because the the problems on the team were bigger than him. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I remember watching the press, the infamous press conference where he re- quote retired, where he's like being really emotional and Eli's getting emotional. And at the end of the press conferences, he walks down off the platform. Mara gets up to shake his hand, and Coughlin just stone cold shoulders yeah. him. Yeah, just just yeah. straight up walks past him. And at the time, I remember thinking like, "Ooh, that like that's very not." Coughlin-esque. I I thought Coughlin was a little bit classier than that, and then in, like, subsequent months as he was trying to find a new job, there were stories coming out that he only wanted the Eagles job so he could stick it to the Giants. Mm-hmm. It seemed like they were... At, now, I feel like the Giants were almost spreading stories to make him look like a bitter old man. Yeah. But at the time, he looked like a bitter old man. And so I was like, well, this feels off i'm not happy with how this ended but you know support the team when i really lost faith in mara was with josh brown last year right that was yeah. that they was when that really, really he's badly. he's pushed so hard for the punishment on other teams for signing domestic abusers and he goes out of his way to kind of shuffle josh brown's incidents under the rug and you know, like support him in statements and stuff like that and it just it only parted ways with brown once the blowback got steep enough like that was when i first thought to myself huh maybe john mara's actually an ass just like a shitbird yeah like maybe he's not any better than some of the other owners the other bad owners like Mm -hmm. jones or snyder Mm -hmm. or i other bad like Ziggy Wolf there's another owner yeah. I, I needed a third example yeah. you know and then this year with this it's pretty much solidified the fact that John Mara is not even a shadow of his father mm-hmm. he is not the classy individual he goes out there he says like the Giants are not tanking this year to which I say what yeah how do you how do you justify Making Eli sit and putting Geno Smith and Davis Webb in and claim that you're not tanking. Because at that point, you're straight up admitting the season is over. Let's see what these other dudes are. That's a tank. That's a tank. He apparently was not even in the building yesterday, Tuesday, when this whole shit broke. He didn't... He wasn't there. He didn't talk to Eli Manning for all this. This was unbelievable mm-hmm. just just fuck you john mara the haters were right you're an asshole it looks it looks like and i'm i'm glad about this it looks like a lot of giants fans are like they're not just letting um mcadoo be the scapegoat here also like news broke this is actually new as of today uh uh john mara said in like to the press that he was directly involved in this decision he said that today. Yeah. Uh, well, the the time we are recording this on Tuesday or Wednesday. He, so. I, I like, I saw a report. Like, here's here's what, um, like McAdoo apparently 
came up with a plan that would phase Manning out down the stretch of the season, and he ran it by the owners, Mara and Tish, and the GM, and they were um, they decided to make the final call, but then uh, Mara's like, McAdoo made the final call, which mm-hmm. sounds to me like McAdoo's being thrown under the bus a little bit there. I, this is clearly a, a decision that they all came up with and had such a clueless level of cluelessness that that they had no idea it was going to blow up in their face. Yeah, like that. that's I. They clearly have no bead on their own fucking fan base or reality. They thought this was going to go ever to go over any way but this. Yeah, I. That's I think that that is my biggest takeaway from this is how out of touch the Giants organization is with the rest of the world, and it makes me. It actually makes me wonder if it's just them right like i i think that there are a lot of issues obviously not to this scale but there are a lot of these issues that like make a lot more sense like the shit we talk about on the podcast like shit with zeke uh shit with like the the, the whole advertising uh uh shit like the the sponsorships of of people who are, you know, under investigation for this, that, and the other thing. The decision to start or bench or cut these people. I think that a lot of that makes a whole lot more sense if you accept as a given that these people just don't have fucking... They don't have any perspective uh, on the players and the reality. fans. It's, Kaepernick, like that explains is, the whole Kaepernick thing is, too. It's very clear that... John Mara and the Giants high brass really do not think about their fan base the way they pretend to, the way I we've been told they do, how the Giants care about the fans and how they don't just see things as like business, like Dan Snyder, how they're above that. This the fact that they would do this and are surprised at the blowback is it shows just how out of touch they are that Eli is the most one of the most beloved people on this team. Like, if there's a Mount Rushmore of New York Giants players, oh, it's Lawrence. It's it's Lawrence Taylor, yeah. Eli Manning, uh, probably Frank Gifford. Uh-huh. Sure. One one of, one of the stars from like the early good teams, mm-hmm. and I I get probably Michael. I was Strahan. gonna I was gonna say Strahan's probably on there, right? Like I would I would put those four as as the likely Mount Rushmore of Giants fandoms and it seems like they had no idea how much this fandom loves Eli and how much this fandom will go to bat for Eli because of what he's helped bring these he's brought us such happiness it, for all of his faults he's brought us such happiness and we will defend him to the death and New York is not a place that defends like this like we were we were pretty happy to run Coughlin out of town. Like the giant New Yorkers, uh, that whole Northeast, they're they're angry, bitter people. Yeah. It like it is highly critical to be successful, and the fact that all of them are backing Eli right now just shows how fucking out of touch the Giants' top brass is mm-hmm. with the people who actually support their team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think it, it goes even further because, like, he, you know, he's not the best quarterback in the world. It's just, like, he he, he loved the team, you know? He was ambas- an ambassador for it. It's just fucking... 
Oh, jeez. It's, it's, oh my god. There's, there's this quote by, uh, by uh, Mara that I'm going to read to you that makes me very sad. Uh, I wish I could have been there when it was all going down. I did not expect Eli to react by not saying, go ahead and start the other guys. That took me by surprise. Are you fucking kidding me? Do you not know your quarterback? Are you? God damn it. He's a fuck. You're a fuck, John Mara. He's a fuck. He's also completely unaware of his organization. He's an unaware fuck. Eli deserved the right to play out these final it's clear his time in new york is over mm-hmm. no matter and i've been preparing mentally preparing myself for honestly like two years now of when the streak would end yeah. and watching eli leave either through retirement or he, they just decide to move on from him to save money not renew his contract i've been mentally prepared for that and this still blew me away this was worse than i ever would have expected it and the fact that they can't give him five games and here's 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 another here's another little point that i don't think too many people have brought up there might be an injury clause in his contract that makes some guaranteed money if he gets hurt so it's quite possible one of the reasons he's being benched is because they don't want to risk him getting hurt, which he's the fucking Iron Man. He's not going to get hurt. That is so incredibly fucked up. But, like, benching him mostly so that they can keep the risk off of him getting hurt so they don't have to pay him a bunch of guaranteed money thanks to the clause in his contract. Yeah, Jesus Which sounds like a bullshit business thing to do. Can we, um... Can we please pivot to something happier, which is the best timeline for Eli Manning going forward? Because I saw you tweet about this and it makes me very happy. Please go to Jacksonville. Please just go to Jacksonville. Oh my God. Our OTP. Please. I want Eli to go to Florida with his old man, Coughlin. I want them to reunite in Jacksonville. Jacksonville is basically a quarterback away from being a better team. It's give him, give him that. I was, well, I was going like, to say, like we, we've talked about Jacksonville on the show before. And this is something that I keep saying about Jacksonville. It, it is so fucking crazy to me. It is absolutely unthinkable to me that in the year of our Lord, 2017, I could like be at a sports bar watching, you know, a Jacksonville game and say to the next person, uh, you know, the, the person next to me, you know, I think that the Jacksonville Jaguars have a shot at making the Super Bowl this year. I could say that and I wouldn't be laughed out of the room. It's weird. I, it, it is fucking crazy to me. So you put you put a quarterback on that team that's like great, like that's a pretty damn I mean, good even, quarterback. Even- 
even Eli's not been playing well the past few years. He hasn't been good, but he's still an upgrade over Bortles. Yeah, yeah. You know, I like Bortles. I do. I think that I think that he's not. I as... like Bortles as a name, as a person, as a player. He's bad. Yeah, well, he's been bad this year for for sure. I just like he. He's well, been bad for more uh, than this year, yeah, buddy. Yeah, I'm don't, I, like uh, it. It like I like Bortles too, but let's not get unreasonable. You're, that's yeah. you're no you're. You're right. You're right. He just had a couple. Did you watch that game against games. Blaine fucking Gabbert? God, no, I did. Like, I didn't want to put I've myself through seen, that. I watched the highlights. I've, I didn't want to. Fuck oh it. man, I've never seen two quarterbacks try and lose yeah. harder than each other. Like the that. highlight. Listen, I will say the highlights were very, very, very fun. I enjoyed when Bortles. The Jaguars forced a turnover, and then Bortles immediately threw the ball directly to Tyron Matthew. <laughs> like, come on. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. That, that is, like, that game, like, that is going to be a major plot point in the next Saw movie. It's not going to, there's not going to be a <laughs> trap. They're just going to put that game in a room. Not even on repeat. The door is going to be, like, unlocked and open, and, like, you can go outside They'll just put the game on. There's just going to be a loaded gun in the room. And that's going to be the movie. Is like you are watching this person watch a movie or watch this game that they could like stand up, leave the room, but but just getting sunk deeper and deeper into the despair of that football game that each team wants to lose very badly. I don't know how the movie ends. I want to I want to end this podcast with seven minutes of dunking on Ben. Please. Oh my God. So one of, one of the favorite things, like I usually, I don't read too much Reddit, but one of the Mm -hmm. things that's popped up on there this season, I've spent a lot of time on Reddit and other news sites these past few days, because I don't want to be productive because I'm angry about Eli Manning. I'm really fucking angry about it, but they've all been making Ben McAdoo jokes, which is just like, things Ben McAdoo looks like the type of guy mm-hmm. and I I found like a compilation of them in the Eagles subreddit and I just want to read read them because I love them they're they're the best and they're entirely appropriate so uh here's here's a good one Ben McAdoo owns a female body inspector t-shirt oh my god it's so good <laughs> so good uh, Ben McAdoo sends all of his team memos in comic sans. <laughs> this is this is actually something that I noticed about Ben McAdoo earlier today. Do you ever watch the uh, Adult Swim program Decker? No. Okay. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, this is about to make a whole lot less sense. But for those of you who do, you'll know I'm right. Uh, Decker stars Tim Heidecker uh, in a fucking stupid ass uh, CIA like. Uh, hyper right wing uh uh male power fantasy like saving america from terrorists thing and it's all completely tongue-in-cheek and like you should watch it it's it's a fucking trip ben mcadoo looks like tim heidecker as decker he actually just does i want you to do me a favor and i don't know if this is going to make good for good podcasting like google search decker like Tim Heidecker Decker and tell me that's not actually like Ben McAdoo saw an episode of that and was like, let me model my entire personal style off of that. Yep. That's straight him. (laughs) That is straight him. 
100%. You are absolutely right. Anyway, Ben McAdoo looks like he opens bags of chips with scissors. Oh, oh God, that's a cardinal <laughs> sin. Ben McAdoo looks like the kind of guy who leaves his turn signal on for 10, 20 miles. Jeez. Oh, Bad. <laughs> ben McAdoo talks to other strangers at the urinal. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. Quick aside. If you talk to people at a urinal, you're fucking weird. Don't, just don't do it. Listen, I'm not going to Flies open, do mouths shut. That's fucking creepy. No, I have a couple coworkers who every time they walk into the bathroom when I'm in there, I'm immediately unhappy because I know they're going to talk to me while I'm standing there with my dick out relieving myself they're gonna talk to me that's not where you talk to people you don't wanna no it's not don't no one wants to talk to you there that is not a good place for oh my god Ben McAdoo looks like the guy who keeps apologizing after missing a shot at rec league basketball Ben McAdoo looks like two kids in a trench coat with a fake mustache pretending to be an adult. (laughs) Ben McAdoo holds his cup with two hands when he's taking a sip. (laughs) Ben McAdoo isn't allowed within 10 miles of an elementary school. Oh my god! (laughs) Ben McAdoo puts ketchup on his well-done steak. Oh Jesus! No! No! (laughs) <laughs> ben McAdoo looks like ben the McAdoo. Oh, Go ahead, I'm sorry. Ben McAdoo was definitely thrown out of a Fuddruckers at some point. <laughs> no! No! Ben McAdoo looks like he puts raisins in his pancakes. This, this, this one might be a little bit too on point. Uh, ben McAdoo looks like the guy at a peewee football game standing next to the coach saying, good job, champ, to all the kids. But he's not a coach, and nobody knows who he is. <laughs> ben McAdoo looks like that guy who takes the tarp off of his 82, 1982 T-top Camaro every Saturday, washes and waxes it, then puts the tarp back on without ever leaving his carport. Ben McAdoo is the kind of guy who applauds when the plane lands. <laughs> ben McAdoo looks like the mall cop at your local mall who chases speeders on his personal tricked-out golf cart that he was asked to leave at home. <laughs> oh, here's here's a good one. Ben McAdoo wears a shirt in the pool. Oh, no. It's so right. <laughs> That's so right. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Ben McAdoo looks like the manager of a struggling hot tub store. Oh, oh no! Oh no! <laughs> this is Ben really... McAdoo was the kid who would yell "time out" every time he was about to get tagged. Oh, oh, fuck that! <laughs> ben McAdoo, this this one this one uh, from one of my favorite Twitter follows. Every day should be Saturday from SB Nation. Ben McAdoo looks like the dude who wrecks a gas station bathroom and chuckles good luck at you while he walks out. (laughs) Ben McAdoo always looks like he's narrowed down a multiple choice question to two possible answers and can't decide which one is correct. (laughs) 
<laughs> ben McAdoo practices the electric slide before he goes to a wedding. <laughs> ben McAdoo looks like the guy whose cell phone goes off during uh, an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. The ringtone is fight for your right to party. <laughs> <laughs> Ben McAdoo looks like a guy who's constantly trying to unload an air conditioner from his truck. <laughs> ben McAdoo looks like he's been lost in a Lowe's for six hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> ben McAdoo is the kind of dude who brought a blow-up doll at Spencer's to a party for a, a joke. Oh my god. In quotes. <laughs> Ben McAdoo looks like the kind of guy who uses a selfie stick to make upskirt videos at the mall. <laughs> oh my god. <sighs> ben McAdoo takes 20 minutes to order at IHOP. Ben McAdoo wipes his sauce-covered hands on his jeans before he shakes your hand while greeting you at dinner. <laughs> Ben McAdoo looks like the guy who grabs your shoulder and asks what your deal is. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, oh I'm, I am so glad we were able to end this podcast on such a positive note. This is great. Ben McAdoo looks like the kid who put deodorant on his neck instead of taking a shower after football practice. <laughs> Ben McAdoo bought a gram of oregano in high school and acted high because he thought it was cool (laughs) oh Oh my goodness oh my goodness god bless this at least that my god okay Fuck you, Giants. Fuck you, Giants. For real. For real. Why? Why have you done this? What have you done? I wanted this to be a fun podcast where we talked about the games and did, like, some fun things. We we did did some fun things at the end. I hope you guys got enjoyment out of that. Like, I I found most of those on Reddit. Mm -hmm. I didn't come up with those myself, so there's there's your attribution. There's some some good ones on on the Twitter, too. (laughs) Yeah, they're they're everywhere. You, it, please feel free to make yourself. I I would love for you to tweet at me. Yeah, and say, yeah, tweet um, your face at us. Your favorite Ben McAdoo jokes. Maybe we can keep Ben McAdoo jokes rolling mm-hmm. until Ben McAdoo is fired. <laughs> ben-, <laughs> ben McAdoo looks like if Gordon Gecko really let himself go. <laughs> 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 okay. Okay. Uh, I think that's a good one to. <laughs> I think that's yeah. it for me. Yeah, Sam. Yes, uh, you can follow me as always at Sam Grzezes S A M G R E S Z E S E S E S on uh, Twitch at Robots Fighting Dinosaurs. I also write for KissingIvankaTrump.com, so check me out there, Dave. I'm Draw Play Dave Rapocio. 
I can be found on Twitter at DropPlayDave, where right now most of my timeline is me shitting on the Giants. So if you don't like the Giants or want to shit on the Giants, my Twitter is a good place to be right now. Uh, I can also be found on Facebook at the Draw Play Comic, on Instagram at Draw Play Dave, on Patreon, and of course on thedrawplay.com. Fuck the Giants. Fuck Ben McAdoo. Fuck Jerry Reese. Fuck John Mara. Oh my God. Fucking end my life. Ugh. Please tweet your Ben McAdoo jokes, and we'll see you next week.